0: I take a lot of pride in how passionate I am about why I want to be a data scientist, about everything I do being a data scientist now. And I just want to make sure that everyone who hears my story knows that passion is the only way to go. And if you're passionate, you would invest all your time and energy into doing it.
1: what's up everyone welcome to another episode of the artists of data science be sure to follow the show on instagram at the artists of data science and on twitter at artists of data i'll be sharing awesome tips and wisdom on data science as well as clips from the show join the free open mastermind slack channel by going to bitly.com forward slash artists of data science where i'll keep you updated on bi-weekly open office hours that i'll be hosting for the community i'm your host Horta. let's ride this beat out into another awesome episode What's up, artists? Welcome to a very special Rising Stars edition of the Artists of Data Science podcast. During this special episode, we'll take an opportunity to speak with one of the rising stars of our industry to get an insight into how she broke into the field, the hurdles she had to overcome in the job search, and how she answered commonly asked behavioral interview questions. Our guest today has a deep and profound love interest with data science. She's crafted a few end-to-end data science projects in her portfolio and is constantly working on enriching her knowledge in the many. Aspects of data science. During her undergrad years, she got an opportunity to volunteer for an NGO where children with special needs performed live for a cultural event. This experience helped her realize that there are many hardships that people face each day, whether it's personally or professionally. This experience left her feeling that she could find peace if she was in a career that involves making an impact in the lives of people in her community and beyond. It was with the guidance of her statistics professor that led to the discovery of the wonderful world of data science and machine learning and the appreciation of the mathematics, which forms the backbone of our art. She's earned an undergraduate degree in mathematics, statistics, and computer science from the St. Francis College for Women and a master's in mathematics from the Christ University in Bangalore. She's continually developing herself via online courses to become acquainted with the technical aspects of data science and applied them through a few end-to-end open source projects. Quite fittingly for her personality, she's currently employed as a data scientist at Achievers, a company that leverages the science behind behavior change so people and organizations can experience sustainable, data-driven business results. So please help me welcoming our guest today, someone I refer to as my mini me Chavi Aurora. Chavi, thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule to be here today. I really appreciate you joining me on the podcast.
0: Absolutely. My pleasure. Actually, an honor. <laughs>
1: talk to me about the experience at the NGO and how that got you interested in uh, data science and and machine learning?
0: Yes. So during my undergrad, as you mentioned correctly, um, I used to volunteer a lot for a bunch of NGOs, but there was a specific one which catered to a bunch of children with special needs. And they used to conduct um, different events, social events for them. And the students there uh, who, who with special needs, they were the ones who used to step up and perform. Um, and I, I, it just baffled me to see that there's so many things that go around and around us in the world, um, be it on a personal level, be it on a professional level. And there's so many questions people want answers for. And I felt like I just internally I had this I, I felt like I found my calling and I felt I would find peace eventually in a career where I can impact the lives of the people I work with or whom I come in contact with every day in in one way or another and um, coincidentally um, it was during my undergrad so my statistics professor has been uh, in touch with me for this understanding a lot and he, he in fact introduced data science to me and that is that is the first time I heard of the whole idea of machine learning and how it has been used in, in a variety of formats to help people around. And uh, I just realized that this is this is the career I want to build for myself. And that is when I decided to do masters in mathematics because mathematics is the foundation for machine learning no matter what, uh, no matter how much you code, it is the essence of it. So I just wanted to have a very strong foundation to begin with. And that is that is the whole idea of why I eventually decided to be a data scientist. So it's it goes all all the way back there.
1: That's awesome. Yeah, definitely. Mathematics is for sure language of the universe. And you've had some really awesome projects where you got an opportunity to apply everything that you've learned. Uh, Can you tell me more about how you went about building out your projects? How did you come up with ideas? Are you an aspiring data scientist struggling to break into the field well then check out dsdj.co forward slash artists to reserve your spot for a free informational webinar on how you can break into the field that's going to be filled with amazing tips that are specifically designed to help you land your first job check it out dsdj.co forward slash artists <laughs>
0: Honestly, when I started doing projects, the first one was something that I learned from DSTJ itself. And the first project I did, I didn't want to adventure out. I'm a very secure person like that. So I just want to try something out that that has been done before. Um, So I tried to use the guidance of my mentors in DSTJ and do a project that was in there as guided by the mentors itself. And um, with the understanding of how the whole approach goes, I decided to pick my next project in a similar way. Honestly, I would have to specify this, that my next project was something that came out of you because uh, you were the one who spoke to me about how how every project you do as a data scientist needs to be something that you have interest in so that you know what questions you're looking for and you eventually find answers through your work. So, um, and the fact that I was also constantly looking for jobs at the same time. Um, every company I used to interact with I in my in my head I used to feel that when I'm looking for a job and when I'm interviewing for a one particular company I am, I'm, I become highly invested in it and the, the more I read about the company the more I realize that I would want to do projects related to them. So that when I actually do get a chance to interview them in person, that was the, that would be the best position for me to talk about. So every every other project after my first one was something related to that I deeply attached myself to. Um, be it the companies I interview with specifically. Um, And the whole idea about working on a project was that the first few days, uh, literally, even if I get an assignment um, from an interview, my first two days, all I do is sit down, take a pen and paper and think about all the things of why I'm doing this. Because in my opinion, all the questions you frame on that first day, thinking through the idea of your project becomes the hypothesis you end up looking for. And uh, quite a quite amount of investment in that area gives you a lot of foundation to your project. And eventually, that also becomes a good support in the end when you're actually talking about your project and explaining of why you did this in the first place. Um, because when you have those questions in the beginning, you, you work through them, you get some answers to there. And in the end, you can talk about that I did this to answer these questions. And these questions have this impact on your project or whatever you're trying to achieve. So, um, yeah, that's about it.
1: Uh, That's a really good approach, right? No, no, that's perfect. That's, uh, you know, detail is good because there's a lot of aspiring data scientists out there who are, are, you know, definitely going to learn a lot from, from your journey. And I think that's a really good approach to take that innate interest in a project that you're building out because it really is going to show in the quality of the work that you do for the project. what's up artists be sure to join the free open mastermind slack community by going to bit.ly.com forward slash artists of data science it's a great environment for us to talk all things data science to learn together to grow together and i'll also keep you updated on the open bi-weekly office hours that i'll be hosting for our community check out the show on instagram at the artists of data science follow us on twitter at artists of data look forward to seeing you all there how important is having the right mindset during the job search
0: it's it's the most important thing ever um honestly speaking um when i started dscj and that was the major change that i learned from dscj was the growth mindset and i've been trying to apply that ever since so even with the job search Because of how much competition we have now, um, it's really difficult to get through the door if you don't have the right mindset. And when you do have that mindset, you will not fear rejections. You will not fear the amount of energy and investment you need to make to get there. And you don't fear it. Because if you don't have that mindset and every step you feel like, okay, because it's not easy. Machine learning is not easy. There's so many aspects of data science that are not easy. And to actually make your way there, you have to have the right mindset it's the most important thing so i would suggest that whoever is trying to look to become a data scientist eventually the first first and foremost needs to be something to get your mindset right because that is going to make your way so
1: yeah definitely because there's so much we have to learn throughout our careers as a data scientist that yeah. if you if you come from a from uh the type of mindset where you think that you can't learn anything more because you're not smart enough you're not you know don't have the right degree or whatnot, then you're really holding yourself back, right? So you adopt that growth mindset, believe that you can learn anything, and you'll just be able to have an amazing career as a data scientist. So yeah. what would you say was kind of the biggest self-limiting belief that you had to overcome when you were in the job search?
0: For me personally, uh, the most crucial aspect for my career was my one-year-long gap, Um Essentially, I, I completed my master's degree. I worked for a company for a bunch of months, and then I got married and moved to U.S. with no visa. And uh, so I struggled for a year to not having the visa. And for a very, very long time, I felt this is my major roadblock. This is the This is going to be the end of my career. So coming out of that mindset was the hardest for me because... I, I realized at a point that because of that mindset I I honestly had a roadblock in everything when I was trying to learn a new concept after trying two or three times the fact that I didn't have the confidence in me it was a roadblock so every every new door that I went knocking on it didn't work out because I was just so stuck in myself and I was so insecure about the whole thing that it just didn't work out so um, the whole idea about my journey was the major roadblock was to get over my inhibitions a little bit and to make sure that I have confidence and faith in myself that I can do it.
1: How did you address those resume gaps during the interview process?
0: Oh, very interesting question. So uh, I I have vividly remember my uh, first call with Kyle um, after I, I was done reviving my resume. And I spoke to him about, with intense pain, I spoke to him that um, I had this one year long year gap and I don't think that I want to get a job because this is going to be a question that everybody would bring in. I still remember what he told me that day. He said that every little weakness that you think you have can become a positive thing if you spin the story right. And I realized that that makes so much sense. And he gave me a story to begin with. He said that I think you should be proud about what you accomplished using that one year year gap. And I kind of utilized the same concept there. And honestly speaking, till that day, I I thought that this is one area of my journey that I don't want to bring up in any of my interviews. And I felt like, it would be great if nobody noticed it, but from that point onwards, uh, every person, every interview I, I went through, I made sure that I speak about that one year gap with a lot of pride, and I mentioned specifically that this one year gap was was the winning point for me because I utilized my period and my passion for data science, and I used it for the benefit of my own career. I worked on a lot of projects, and I did everything I could, and did not the fact that I didn't have a visa or job for that one year. Did not, did not bog me down at all. And I rather utilize it for my future eventually. So I would say that every every little gap that you worry about, be it a timeline or be it anything that you think you have, be it, uh, be it in, on your academic foundation or whatever, treat that as your superpower. Honestly, take pride in your decisions and whatever has happened with you and it will show. Honestly, once you take pride in it, the interviewers will see through it and they'll be like, okay, looks like that's a good thing for you. So
1: yeah. That's some excellent advice. Yeah. Cause I know there's a lot of people out there who are in between jobs, but they are using this time wisely to upskill, to build their portfolios, to build their skill set up. And they automatically think that it's a negative thing. All, I, all you have to say is like, yeah, there are some circumstances that led to me being unemployed for a certain period of time, but here's what I did during that time. That's helped me become more valuable to any potential job that I go go for. So that's a, Great way to frame that. Now, if you don't mind, I wanted to get into what the job search process was like for you, walking through your process for, for, you know, applying for jobs and then getting interviews and whatnot. So did you just send a resume and just hope that somebody would call you back?
0: <laughs> never <laughs> absolutely never it has never worked out that way. honestly, I read a bunch of posts on LinkedIn complaining about how aTS system sucks and how there's so much competition. you can just never make your way through um, in my belief that there's no point in criticizing the way things are because of the amount of competition we have rather. Take it to your benefit and leverage the idea that because we are so advanced at the moment, we have means and ways to actually get to the hiring manager directly. And honestly, every interview that I secured was through networking, the only way that was. But isn't that that a good thing? I mean, um, in my understanding, actually speaking to the hiring manager directly, impressing him even before the interview process begins is like a brownie point in the interview process rather than going to the traditional route getting your interview picked someone contacting you i feel you know you miss out on the brownie brownie point completely so it's a it's a good thing now and networking is the way to go now yeah, the more you invest you your time there
1: yeah cuz you always already have that like relationship established before you even exactly. turn up for the interview um, so how many interviews did you go on before landing your current role
0: i must have uh, uh, applied and networked for a 50 to 60 roles but I interviewed for say 20 which which means that I, there were a lot of rejections on the way <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> and what was your what was your time frame that, that you uh, had
0: uh, from... I was lucky because I was not working on the site so this was my whole focus so it took me around two to three months to land a job since mm-hmm. I started looking for one um, but Timeline doesn't matter because every person will have a different learning, different perspective, different circumstances. Mm -hmm. So I would say that I, I don't think anybody should learn from how much time it took for me to get a job and compare themselves to it. Because um it it there are a bunch of different things. I was not working at that time, so
1: yeah, that's that's awesome advice, yeah, you're right. Don't compare your chapter one to somebody else's chapter ten. Do you have any words of advice or encouragement for those rising stars out there who are now in the same position that
0: you once were? Yes, the most most important thing is to never, never stop being passionate about data science. If the only reason why you want to be a data scientist is because of the glamorous title or because of the privileges that come along with it, it will be very difficult, honestly speaking. Because of the hardships you go through to get there, um, you would need immense passion and true, true immense passion to get there. So the first is to make sure you take some time and understand and do some retrospection to make sure that this is your calling and you are super passionate because your learning is never going to stop. Getting a data science job is not the end of the world. There are going to be so many other things after that. And every day is going to be a new learning. And if you don't enjoy it, there's no way you can ever be a good data scientist. That is my yeah. most important advice. <laughs> yeah,
1: it's true. It's uh definitely a, a career path for anyone who is committed to lifelong learning because it never yeah. stops, And it's not even necessarily just technical skills that you're learning lifelong. You've also got to pick up those interpersonal, uh, you know, personal growth type of skills as well. So if you don't mind, I want to dive into a few of the common questions that, you know, are typically asked in an interview. I know that we kind of covered the tell me about yourself, you know, in the introduction and your, and your as you're speaking, but let's pretend now that we're kind of in an interview setting. How would you answer? This question. Tell me about yourself.
0: Right. So, I honestly always begin this answer by talking about my superpower. So, my biggest superpower is my determination and the desire to learn. I do not shy away from learning new things, um, investing my energy into diving into a new topic altogether. I'm quite inquisitive in nature and I enjoy solving problems to make an impact in the lives of people around me, be it internally with the people I work with or externally, the customers we serve. Um, I have a master's degree in mathematics and a bachelor's degree as a triple honors in mathematics, statistics and computer science which helps me build a strong foundation in programming, statistics, and mathematics, which eventually leads up to machine learning. Um, I've always had profound passion in data science and have been working in building that foundation with academics and personal learning and projects. I do try to keep adding new tools to my data science toolkit with, um, with different books and courses and all of that. Yes, that's about me.
1: So can you describe a time when you had to deal with competing priorities and with competing deadlines and how did you handle that?
0: Right. Um, So my situation there was uh, I was an associate in my previous job and I was working on a project. Um, I kind of committed to a two-week deadline for that. Um, But after a week working into it, I was given another project. And project number two was... The deadline for that was as soon as possible. So there was nothing fixed there or clearly defined. So the next task for me was to make a to-do list to define specific tasks that would come under each of the projects. I then spoke to the stakeholders for each of the projects and to try to understand the impact of both of them. And I realized and I got to know with those conversations that the project number two with a flexible deadline was a customer centric project. And the first one that I was working on initially um, was an internally internal facing one. Um, discussing the, that impact of the, both, both the projects, I decided to do the second one first Which was the customer-centric one, and followed by the first one. I immediately informed my manager, and he rescheduled the first one to a new deadline date. Eventually, the result was that I delivered the customer-centric one, with uh, which led to impressing the client a lot, and delivered the first one few days before um, the deadline was set. So (laughs) win-win.
1: What's the most difficult type of person to deal with, and how do you deal with them?
0: Right. Um, I think the most difficult type of person to deal with are the people who are a little adamant on their choice of approach and who take it with a little difficulty if when they're suggested a new sort of uh, route to take on a task um, and uh, we do I'm sure all of us do meet such people along w- along the way and uh, I remember I when I was interviewing I did not have a lot of experience backing me up so I have a story from my academics um, So I was working on a statistics project in my bachelor's degree um, with two of my fellow students and one was my professor who was allotted to us um, so once we it was basically a project on defining um, product place in the, in the movies and all of that and the importance of that. Um, so we were trying to do analysis there. My professor there tried to suggest an approach and he declared that we should only look for um, responses within the college that I was working in. In my understanding, um, the approach there should have been to do a stratified sampling and to actually reach out to a bit more because eventually the analysis that he was supposed to do was to define for the entire population of the city and defining getting just a sample from my college would lead to some bias. So my next step was to actually set up a meeting with my professor in in a separate setting, in a private setting. I spoke to him about my inhibitions about his idea. I explored and gave him a detailed understanding as to why, what we want to achieve, and why my approach would make us align to that it, that detail and he kind of looked through my perspective and he understood that and he agreed to it eventually we, he became uh, he decided to make me the uh, the lead project something uh, it, uh, academic title um but well, that's about it
1: so walk me through your discovery process when you're starting a new project
0: right um so when i started a new project Um, As I mentioned that I do, literally do take a pen and paper and start working on the questions I have. My first set of questions are always about why am I doing this? What is the importance of that project? My second set of questions are what sort of questions I'm actually trying to solve out of this project? And then my third set of questions are what sort of impact? this project would bring in in the lives of the business in question. Um, For example, I'm sure that a lot of projects that we work on can have impact on a variety of areas in the business. And I just just like to list them down so that when I have, this is this entire piece also helps me do the project well and eventually when I present my, my insights and my learnings from my project uh, to the stakeholders it's a lot easier when I have those questions in place because then the only way that I display the answers is that these are, these are my questions this is the impact and these are my answers. So I just try to connect the flowchart there and that is how I do the project.
1: Excellent, excellent job answering those questions. I like how Every question uh you kind of answer it in a formulaic type of way, right kind of um using that that star format right and you you can hear it in your response, you use it kind of like a guidepost, like you always lead with, oh there's a situation when a, B, and c happened, my task was to do x, y, and z, the actions I took were one, two, three, and as a result, I saw x right so that's awesome formula um. And, and very, very well done. So what is your process for when, when it's, when, you know, let's, there's always that question at the end of the interview, do you have any questions for us? So what's your process for coming up with questions to ask during the interview?
0: It's it's amazing. So uh, the first step because every first interview is supposed to be an HR interview. Um, And although before you even step in for an HR interview, I always try to literally go through everything on the website of the company. If they have 500 articles in their blog, I try to read at least a brief understanding of all of them because I want to know everything about what they do. Everything they, because the articles they post on their blog are literally the things they care about. So, um, those are all, everything I try to know about the company from what is publicly available is my first step my second step is to actually go into that HR interview and ask a ton of questions to the interviewer because she would not judge me for my technical capabilities per se, um, but she would be the best person to answer those questions for me because she knows the internal. So now that I have my piece from what I know from the website, plus the piece that she just gave me. Um, I work on my questions for my interview with a technical manager or a data scientist or some, someone technical. And my next set of questions come from those, that analysis that I just did. And every time I speak to an HR interviewee, I write all of those questions down from everything that I spoke to her. So now that I know everything about the company, that is what they care about, why they're looking for this role, And then eventually I now can fit that into one piece and I ask questions specific to those concerns they have. So now that I know what they care about, I can try framing questions from a data science perspective and I try to fit in that if I'm a data scientist already working in that company in that role now that I know what they care about what would be my approach and what would be the things that I would be able to do using my skills when I think about in that direction I try to have some questions in there on its own and I try to pitch those ideas to them and I ask them questions in those ideas I explicitly mentioned that I'm sure that these things you might already be doing already and if you're not doing why why would this not be something on your radar at the moment and just it just becomes a very nice conversation.
1: That's very, very good because people don't really appreciate the fact that an interview really is a two-way street, right? It is a conversation. So the worst thing you can possibly do for yourself when going into the interview is when they ask, do you have any questions? And you don't have any. So doing what you do, taking interest in the company, taking time to read their blogs, that is going to make you stand out from any other candidate that is out there let's say it comes time to, to talk about a technical question and the interviewer is asking you about some technical topic. How do you handle that type
0: of question? Yes. So um, I think when they ask you specific technical questions, which are not based on any sp- Scenario. Um for example, if they ask you define linear regression or something like that, um, it would be a really it would be really beneficial if you instead of using your past projects as the foundation to answering those questions as examples, it would be great if you answer those questions, those technical questions based on the in- company you're interviewing with instead. They, it would just show that you care for that company and you're actually interested because you're putting those technical concepts in the picture of that company. It would be great and they would definitely make, will definitely make you stand out.
1: Yeah so that would take a little bit of just researching first about the industry that the company is in being aware of the type of problems that they're facing maybe doing the legwork or reading up on some case studies or whatever so that you know if they do ask about linear regression for whatever you could be like oh well you know I know that in this particular industry you guys face these type of challenges uh here's a possible solution for that for that challenge yeah that's awesome great yeah. advice One more question before we jump into a lightning round here. Uh, What's the one thing you want people to learn from your story?
0: Um, The most important thing about my story is my passion. I take a lot of pride in how passionate I am about why I want to be a data scientist, about everything I do being a data scientist now. And I just want to make sure that everyone who hears my story knows that passion is the only way to go. And if you're passionate, you would invest you all your time and energy into doing that um and that's about it
1: all right so let's jump into a quick lightning round here python or r python all right <laughs> so where do you see yourself in 5 years
0: i want to be a data science manager <laughs>
1: <laughs> what so ambitious what's the best best advice you've ever received
0: Best advice. Best advice is by Harpreet himself. Uh, Most of my advices are by Harpreet himself.
1: Too kind, too kind.
0: And the best of them is that I need to have faith in myself, which I end up losing a bunch of times. And he just keeps reminding me that I'm amazing. And I need to have that faith that I can do it.
1: Yeah, faith's got to be greater than your fear, right? If you can go back in time to have a conversation with 18-year-old Chavi, what would it be? What would you tell her?
0: I would tell her, please, please don't, don't worry. You are in the fact that I had the strong dream when I was, when I was 18 to be a data scientist eventually. And 18 was the time when I decided that in five years, I'm going to be a data scientist. And I just want to tell her that be happy. It's going to happen. <laughs> so, awesome. so.
1: so how about your favorite book, fiction or nonfiction or both if you, if you'd like, and your biggest takeaway from them?
0: Yes. So I've been reading the book called "Mate to Stick. And it's a book on communication, and uh, as in the whole idea about the book is that every idea that you pitch in sticks. Mm-hmm. So uh, the biggest takeaway—I haven't finished the book yet—but uh, the biggest takeaway from for me from that book is that a, a lot of th- a lot of things that you actually produce it matters the way you say it and the audience that you're talking to it matters a lot that you know them beforehand and you understand that the way the audience behaves is the way you should present them to
1: that's the by the heath brothers right chip heath yes. and dan heath yeah yes and i think they they take the concept of stickiness from malcolm gladwell's book and, and just kind of delve deeper into that right yes yeah, it's, a, it's a great book okay. um where can people find you how can they connect with you
0: I'm on LinkedIn I try to answer everyone who reaches out to me unless of course they're not good way of networking people. <laughs> uh no I do no, nothing nothing like that. I try to uh, as long as people who reach out to me want to learn I'm more than happy to invest my time there.
1: So is there is there like an effective way people should communicate on LinkedIn? I know sometimes I just get messages and they just say hi. <laughs>
0: I know. It sucks. Yeah. Um, honestly, the, in my understanding, there, there's so many things I can talk about networking now that mm-hmm. I've, because I tried a bunch of approaches that some worked, some didn't work. And the best thing that worked for me is to make sure that your first message to a person is about them and not Mm. about you please don't talk about how amazing you are how many skills you have how many how much education you have I can see that on your profile so Mm -hmm. my first message that would catch my attention would be if you talk about me about how what what you learn what you learn by looking at my profile
1: awesome well Chavi thank you thank you so so much for taking time out of your schedule I know that whoever's listening is going to learn a ton from this conversation so thank you for being so generous with your time
0: no worries and i'm super super honored and everyone who is listening to this should know that everything that i am today is because of harpreet so thank you (laughs) (laughs)